Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, we take a look at the potential Dodgers lineup. We look at if the Padres have closed the gap in the NL West, and we look back at a trade that happened a few years ago that uh, has a couple players still going. So that's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. We are here every Monday through Friday for you, free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Locked On Dodgers. And if you never want to miss a day because you know we're not going to, you can subscribe and get it sent directly to you and have it ready for you every weekday morning. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Amperio, and I'm usually here with the co-host, Jeff Snyder, uh, but just been holding down the fort for me the last few days and uh, wanted to repay, you know, repay him and, and give him a night off and be here. Uh, but we're both lifelong Dodger fans that cover the team currently, have covered the team for a few years, been in the press box, been in the locker room, and continue to bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Not a lot of news went on, uh, but before I get into all that, just want to, you know, again, thank Jeff for, for holding down the fort the last few days. Um, we locked on Dodgers. Uh, we lost our, our biggest fan in Mexico, uh, my grandfather, my tata. He passed away last week, and, uh, you know, I've been out dealing with that, had to head to Mexico, you know, handling all that. And, uh, yeah, so if anyone wants to become our new biggest fan in Mexico and our new biggest supporter in terms of word of mouth uh, promotion, the you are more than welcome to step up and, and carry that torch, uh, as unfortunately, but that won't be happening anymore. Um you know, obviously we wouldn't all, all of us wouldn't be here without our grandparents. Um, but I don't, I definitely don't think I would be right here talking to you on a podcast about the Dodgers uh, without my thought that he was a big baseball fan, big Dodger fan, and you know, I think the my favorite part of of the later years of of or the last few years, you know, my life has or ever since I've really been an adult has been been able to take him to Dodger games, you know, being able to invite him, been able to you know, buy tickets, take him, whatever we've, uh, he lived in, in Snada, but he would come up pretty often to see us or, you know, to deal with other things that he had to take care of or, or his doctor's appointments or whatever. So anytime we come up, we try to go to a game and yeah, I think, you know, we talked about, we've talked about baseball and family and a lot of that stuff on the podcast before and you know, that's a big part of it. And, and, you know, you can't really get to certain points in life without having that influence in there. And, you know, he's definitely had that influence. Now, luckily for me, my whole family is a baseball family. But, you know, on one side of things, on, on my mom's side of things, they're a baseball family because of him and because of, you know, everything else that, that he brought down and he brought to it. And so, you know, I, I, always appreciated that I always appreciated him and like I said he was definitely one of my biggest fans biggest supporters always telling people 
all over town over there in, in, in Ensenada about, you know, his, his grandson who had a podcast, talk about the Dodgers or, you know, cover the Dodgers, whatever the case is. So it's been a, you know, as, as probably everyone knows it, it's tough to go through it. It was unexpected. It was sudden. So that made it a little bit more difficult, but you know, I'm hanging on, I'm here and, uh, you know, appreciate, I know I, I put out a tweet a few days ago and I'm sure some of the people that replied are listeners, so I appreciate you guys for that. I haven't got back to those people yet that that replied, but I appreciate it. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna continue moving forward and and be here and uh, talk about the Dodgers because you know he he's still listening. He's it's just in a different uh, a different location now. So, but in Dodgerland, no news. Uh, one news of I guess a potential Dodger player, uh, Gene Segura. He signed with the Marlins, so. He's now officially off the board. The Dodgers were never linked to him. Uh, the only really link we had to him was in the episode where Jeff and I drafted players that are free agents that we think the Dodgers should sign. He was one of those players. He would have fit a role there at second base, but you know, I, we don't know what the Dodgers are currently thinking. We don't know what, what the thought process is in terms of how they're handling moving forward, especially after you know the Trevor Bauer news and that decision still has to come and, you know, realistically, whatever the the outcome is of him actually playing for the team or not, the money's still going to be an issue with either, you know, I doubt they find a trade partner that will take on the money. So, you know, money-wise, they're going to be up against that threshold and I don't really see there being an opportunity to cut more money. So at this point, I would imagine they would not mind taking on more since they're going to have to cross over into the past that 233 million mark anyways. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Dodgers haven't really been linked to anyone else that's available right now or out there on the market. So it's been kind of a slow front, but uh, as we know, as we've seen in the past, Andrew Friedman worked quietly and, and maybe we'll be surprised one of these days by one of the moves he makes. But if not, uh, that's what we're kind of here to get into today. Jeff did a what if the season started today type of thing. And uh, for me, it's one of those where if the season started today, there's a lot of question marks in terms of the starting lineup. The starting rotation is, is fairly set. You can you can set a rotation right now of who you think would, would be it. And you could definitely set a bullpen of who you think you know is going to make the bullpen. But the lineup, I think, is kind of the biggest question in terms of First of all, who's going to play where? And second of all, how that lineup's going to fit? You know, and and it, this kind of stems a little bit from a question I saw, I believe, on The Athletic. Uh, Fabian Ardaya had a Dodgers mailbag, and, and one of the questions was about the Dodgers' offense. And basically, he says, the question basically said, you know, well, the Dodgers still make the playoffs. He doesn't believe that the lineup can score enough runs. And he said, there's also no hitter that strikes fear into the heart of the opponent. Now, this is one of those where subjective. Do I care if a player in my lineup strikes fear into the opponent? If it doesn't, you know, that's not going to do anything. That doesn't do anything. You might be more aware of a player like that and maybe pitch around him and, and that might contribute to some extra runs or some extra things, but I don't think striking fear is a necessary thing to have a successful offense. Plus, 
you know, I, I guess these feelings that he has might be based, I don't know, on, on something. But, you know, I would imagine Mookie Betts, who's been an MVP candidate pretty much every year since he's been with the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman, who won MVP over Mookie Betts in 2020 and has been one of the best hitters in baseball the last couple of years. I don't know what quantifies striking fear into an opponent, but I would imagine no pitcher really wants to face Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman. So I reject the premise in that sense as well. But the lineup, yeah. <clears throat> Does the lineup strike fear into the opponent, which, also, like I said, doesn't matter, but is something that to take a look at, especially with, you know, not knowing and having some holes potentially. So that's what we're going to talk about after we talk about bet online because this episode is brought to you by bet online who is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball they've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts they can get those there as well so head to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to learn more and get all your betting info because they're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information Bet online where the game starts. All right. We have returned and yeah, taking a look at the lineup. Now you go around and you start at catcher. You you know you were gonna have Will Smith at catcher, you know Freddie Freeman's gonna be at first base, you know Mookie Betts is gonna be in right field. And honestly, at this point, those are the only for sures in terms of position. And, you know, you know on opening day, Freddie Freeman's going to be at first, Mookie Betts going to be at right, Will Smith is going to be at catcher. But beyond that, we're, we're not entirely sure of, you know, what they're bringing. And, and it's a matter of, so let's build it. You, you, you look at second base, and second base, you would think Gavin Lux, but Gavin Lux, in this sense, is going to be our shortstop. So you look at second base and you look at Max Muncy and and Max Muncy, yeah, could play second base, but you also have third base open. And so Max Muncy's probably going to play third base because realistically Miguel Vargas probably is not going to play third base. So they're going to have him in left field. So now you're building it out that way. So now you got Miguel Vargas in left field, Max Muncy at third base, Gavin Lux at shortstop. Now who you got in center field? Now, your choices as of now are James Outman, Chris Taylor, Trace Thompson. Now, realistically, yeah, Chris Taylor's might be the best defensive of those three, at least in terms of what we've seen. Trace is no slouch, and James Outman can handle it. But, you know, we've seen Chris Taylor play Major League Outfield for a few years now. But if you play Chris Taylor in center field, then you're handicapping yourself in the infield a little bit. So... Let's just say you got James Outman and or Trace Thompson in center field. That's putting Chris Taylor at second base. Now, who else is there for second base? Well, at this point on the 40-man roster, the, the really only other one you can see playing second base is Michael Bush. So all that being said, you know, that's your infield. And then at DH, you got J.D. Martinez. Now, the addition of J.D. Martinez was big for the lineup because you really it was really hard building out that top four of the lineup. You know, last year was easy. It was Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Like, that was the, the top four. And pretty much every game last season, that was the top four. Now, this year, you still have three of those top four, but it's filling that, that 
second spot or or however you want to move it around that's the toughest now before you could have you know you could have leaned to Mookie Betts maybe Gavin Lux in the two hole then Freddie Freeman and Will Smith um, you could have went you know stronger at the top with Mookie Betts followed by Freddie Freeman followed by Will Smith and then maybe Max Muncie and then kind of go from there Adding JT Martinez does lengthen the lineup a little bit. So now, I mean, you could, in theory, go a few ways. You could go, you know, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, JD Martinez, Will Smith. You could go Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. I don't know if that's why I said it. You go Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. You know, that's possible. Now, they still might trust Gavin Lux enough to go Gavin Lux in that two hole. You know, maybe J.D. Martinez in the four in the four hole, and then you you push Will Smith back to the five hole. That's possible. But you know, your top five probably in some capacity are going to be Betts, Lux, Freeman, Martinez, Smith. I would imagine at this point, I would imagine. Now the rest of your lineup fills up from there with Max Muncy, Miguel Vargas, and then likely Chris Taylor if he's going to be playing second base right now and then Trace Thompson and James Altman now you know is that the same lineup we had last season no you know it's not but it's still a pretty solid lineup because you know it's it's major league baseball no no more than a handful of teams and maybe less than a handful of teams have a lineup that's okay, strong one through nine. Maybe no team has a, a legitimate one through nine. Even the Astros last season, you know, they were starting Martin Maldonado a lot at catcher. And, yeah, while he yeah, he can do things, um, he's not a good hitter. So it, it's very rare that you're going to find any lineup strong, strong, strong one through nine. But for the Dodgers, you know, Betts, Lux, Freeman, Martinez, Smith. That's a, a, a quality top five of a lineup. You know, it, it's definitely, you know, top 10 in baseball. You lengthen a little bit to add the Max Muncy. And one through six, you're still right there, probably top 10 in baseball. You know, after that is where, you know, it gets a little fishy. But if you're good one through six, you're, you're better than, you know, pretty much 70% of the league in terms of lineup production. And, you know, this is accounting for... Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman being what they are, it's accounting for J.D. Martinez even being what he was last year. If he was what he was last year, that's still a, a really good player and productive hitter. You know, that's based on Will Smith doing what he was last year, and that and that's all you can really count on. What you're counting on this year is for Max Muncy to bounce back the entire season. You know, Max Muncy struggled a lot at the start of the year, made a couple adjustments, and had a pretty and a pretty strong end to the season. We're counting on him to kind of have it figured out the entire year. You know, you're counting on Miguel Vargas panning out as a prospect and as a hitter. You're counting on, at this point, Chris Taylor rectifying any issues and in, in, in swing problems he had last season. And then you're just hoping to get what you can out of James Altman and Trace Thompson, and you're hoping that their defense is strong enough to where the offense doesn't have to be amazing. And, you know, from what we saw... You know, Trace Thompson, I definitely think once we got to the postseason, he was outmatched. But over the course of a regular season, you know, Trace Thompson can hold his own. And and if the rest of the lineup clicks, you don't really need Trace Thompson to be anyone more than just a guy that can occasionally run into one. So 
it works out, but you know, does that line up, you know, is that a lineup that you could be comfortable with? And it is. And I do think, like I said, the, the addition of JD Martinez really adds to it because it was really hard to kind of look and see like, you know, what, where is this lineup going to do? How are we, how can we, you know, you know, trust that. Is it a drop off after five? Is it a drop off after four? Is it, you know, is, and that's, expecting Gavin Lux in the top half of the lineup when last year, you know, he had most of his success coming out of the ninth spot and coming out of the bottom half of the lineup. You know, it, it's one of those where you're hoping he's taking that next step and, and he is able to handle the top half of the lineup. So yeah, as of now, there, there's still a lot of question marks on the offense. There's still a lot of question marks in terms of the starting and everyday lineup. I would imagine that Chris Taylor is not going to be an everyday second baseman. I would imagine at this point, the way things are, Michael Bush will get some run and, you know, maybe be the sec the second baseman against right-handed pitching as of now, which, you know, allows Chris Taylor to kind of move around. But, I, and then maybe not because, you know, if, if you got Vargas and left, and, and we know Vargas is going to get a big runway and be able to show it off what he can do, you know, if he's in left, and then you got Max Muncy for sure at third base. You got Gavin Lux for sure at shortstop. You got, you know, like I said, Mookie, Freddie, Will Smith, solidified. And if if it's a matter of, you know, Chris Taylor playing second base or center field, I guess it's one of those where they're probably just going to run it out there and, and basically mix and match center and second between Bush, Taylor at second, and then Outman, Taylor, trace in the center and kind of see who works out and maybe go from there let's just say michael bush gets off to is uh your primary second baseman or at least your second baseman more often than not and he has a really good season or a really good start to the season but james outman and trace thompson don't well maybe and but chris taylor does okay now chris taylor can play center and the other two can you know come in when when needed and and then that'll move chris taylor around when needed I think, you know, like I said, right now there's question marks. There's definitely enough players to cover the empty holes, uh, but it's just a matter of what kind of production you're going to get out of them. And, you know, as far as it comes down to one hitter or, or a hitter that strikes fear, you got you still got Mookie, you still got Freddie. No pitcher wants to face those guys. You know, you drop it down maybe one tier, two tiers. Nobody wants to face Will Smith. Nobody really wants to face J.D. Martinez if they don't have to. So there, there's some fear striking there. And, you know, is this a juggernaut, oh, my God, all-star lineup? It, it, I mean, technically still is. J.D. Martinez was an all-star last year. So it's going to be different. But I do think, like I said, if, if Miguel Vargas pans out to even be in a – slightly above average hitter then that you know your lineup is seven deep now and and you know you can i'll take a lineup that's seven deep so is offense going to score enough friends the offense is going to score enough fronts is they going to score enough friends every single night not every single night but that's normal are they gonna you know the biggest question is once we get to october and and that's always gonna be the question and and like i've said before the dodgers could have a legitimate all-star lineup, like nine all-stars. The best nine players in baseball could be the Dodgers lineup right now, and I wouldn't feel comfortable going into October. So that's just the nature of the beast. So with that being said, how the Padres closed the gap on the Dodgers, and we take a look at a little bit 
uh, where we take a look back at a trade that happened a few years ago. A couple of those guys still kicking on those teams, so we'll, we'll, we'll remember that trade. Um, but just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But now you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyways? And even if you get pulled over, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. What if you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, let's finish up. So another part of that question in that mailbag uh, on The Athletic was... If the Dodgers roster stays as it is right now, are they still the National League West favorites? Seems like there's a strong argument to be made that the Padres roster is now notably better than the Dodgers, especially with Tatis coming back and the Dodgers pitching staff highly questionable. And again, I mean, we've talked about this before. And, and have the Padres closed the gap? Yeah, they're they, the Dodgers and Padres will be battling for the NOS title in 2023. You know, some people may think the Padres already closed the gap just based on the fact of them beating the Dodgers in the postseason. But, you know, I don't think that is indicative of closing the gap. I do think that, you know, the lineup and or the team they have right now is why that gap is closed. And, you know, you look at their lineup and they'll have Austin Nola at catcher. They'll have Cronenworth at first. Kim at second, Bogarts at short, Machado at third, and then they'll have Grisham in center, Juan Soto in right. But as of now, I mean, they don't legitimately have a left fielder. And as of now, it looks like their DH is Matt Carpenter. So, you know, their lineup and their their you know opening day roster is is still lacking a little bit there but you know you're counting on Matt Carpenter replicating the success he had with the Yankees last year in a short time you don't really have a first year left fielder and 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 the rest of their lineup you don't need that it's similar to like the Dodgers where you know at this point center field you're hoping for strong defense and then any offense is gravy that would probably be what the Padres are thinking where you know left field Oh, wait, sorry. I completely forgot about Fernando Tatis. So Fernando Tatis will be in the outfield. So, yeah, their lineup is strong. Um, You know, no doubt about it. Their lineup as of now is a better lineup than the Dodgers in terms of star power, in terms of length, in terms of, you know, for sure success. Uh, Yeah, their lineup is better probably one through eight. And, you know, that's not a problem. Um, you look at their rotation and, and you know, they're going to have you Darvish and um, Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell. And then, 
after that, though, you know, they're going to have to figure it out. They did sign Seth Lugo, apparently, to start, so he'll be in that mix. Um, and then, you know, they're still going to have to figure out what else they want to do there. And then bullpen-wise, you know, they got Josh Hader, and then they got the guys that they signed, Suarez, and forgetting the other guy's name, sorry. Uh, you know, Suarez and Martinez, Nick Martinez. So, and... You know, they still have some of the other guys that they had last season. I do think the Padres, I know we said this before, their their top tier is better than the Dodgers' top tier in terms of, you know, Bogarts, Tatis, Machado are, you know, are assuming they, and Soto, you know, assuming they're healthy and Tatis gets back to how he was before, you know, those top four players are better than the Dodgers' top four players in terms of, in the lineup. But after that, I mean, it, it's not a for sure. Kim had a solid season last year. That doesn't guarantee he's going to, you know, have the same one. Jake Cronenworth's a pretty solid player. Um, but even then, he struggled the last few years. And he continues to be clutching, especially against the Dodgers, it seems like. But, you know, he hasn't been, oh, my God, a, a world beater over there. Um, he was an all-star, I believe, last season. But, you know, so was J.D. Martinez. And people think J.D. Martinez is washed, so. It can go either way. Um, yeah, but I, I, you know, it's a matter of there are going to be a lot of people that believe the Padres are the better team overall or they're, or they're going to win the NOS, and that's fine. I do think, like I said, that the bridge is, is – there's no bridge. I do think they're – I don't know if they're on completely equal footing, but it's equal enough. And it, it's one of those where on this side you have the Padres, very top-heavy, not so much depth. So, you know, they're weighing this much, but it's – this much of top heavy if oh sorry if you're watching if you're watching it's like 75 percent top heavy 25 percent uh the rest of the, the the team in the lineup whereas the dodgers i think the dodgers are still the better team one through 26 but i do think that one through 26 is just that weight is distributed more evenly you know after mookie betts and freddie freeman and you know maybe will smith that weight's distributed pretty evenly the rest of the way. And and even in the pitching side, you know, you have Julio Diaz, who will be a Cy Young candidate. You have Kershaw, who, if he throws enough innings, will probably also be, would also be a Cy Young candidate. And then you kind of have, you know, guys you're counting on. Um, but, you know, the Dodgers can run out at this point, probably eight guys that could be at least a, a number five starter. And not knowing the Padres, you know, not knowing all these names on the Padres 40-man roster, I don't think the Padres can go eight deep in terms of guys that can start, but they do have a lot of good arms. So, yeah, I what I think is that it's going to be a battle for the NL West where the Padres are relying on star power uh, to carry them and the Dodgers are relying on depth. And we're going to see what, what, what ends up winning out because, you know, the star power in theory will win out. But that's also counting on everything going right around them. Whereas the Dodgers have a little bit more. They can, you know, not everything has to go right for them to be successful. But they are a lot closer to that than they have been in years past. You know, they need Miguel Vargas to work out. They need Gavin Lux to, you know, work out to a certain extent. They need more of this stuff to happen. Um, and you're counting a little bit more on unknowns than in the past. So. That's what we're at there. Real quick, uh, 
yesterday was Austin Barnes' birthday, and that reminded me of around this time was the infamous or famous D. Gordon trade, depending how you feel about it. And the the full trade was D. Gordon, Dan Heron, Miguel Rojas to the Marlins and Cash to the Marlins for Austin Barnes, Chris Hatcher, Andrew Heaney, and Kike Hernandez. Andrew Heaney then being flipped for Howie Kendrick right away. So, you know, how did that trade work out? We already know, you know, in the short term, Dodger fan, a lot of Dodger fans were mad because D. Gordon ended up having uh, a really good year in 2015 for the Marlins. He led the league in batting average. He led the league in hits. He led the league in stolen bases. He was an all-star, gold gloves, silver slugger, um, got some MVP votes. But I think people take that season and put it to the rest of his career and in, in terms of evaluating that trade. And after that season, D. Gordon hit 268 the next year with the OPS plus of 77. So, you know, 23% worse than the rest of the league. And was also suspended that season for a positive uh, drug test uh, for PEDs. And you know, while he said he didn't do anything, you know, first, like, he didn't do anything knowingly but that still happened after that yeah he did hit 300 again but his ops plus was 97 so he was you know a lot of singles um a lot of you know not empty hits but he was not even a league average hitter after that he went on to play with the mariners and was you know never got an ops above 80 after that so i think after if if you remove that first season where I don't think that would I don't you can't say for sure that would happen with the Dodgers anyways. Uh the Dodgers, you know, come ahead out on that trade just knowing for the fact of what happened with Kiki Hernandez, what happened with Austin Barnes. We had the one year of Howie Kendrick. You know, Chris Hatcher never really quite worked out and, and panned out to what they maybe thought he could be, but you look at it. But you you also look at Miguel Rojas ended up being a pretty solid role player for the Marlins. He's still there. He's kind of become, you know, a, a figure there. Maybe not quite Justin Turner, like just in the sense that the Marlins haven't really had success, but you know, he's kind of become a beloved player over there. And while he's never really been, you know, he's always been glove first kind of guy. And, and he's never, he's only really had other than 2020, where he had an OPS plus of 138. He's only been an above league average hitter once uh, since 2015. But, you know, he's been able to provide them some some solid work and always that, that glove work. So, yeah, looking back at the trade, Miguel Rojas, if, 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 I think if you go combine war from everyone on that trade in terms of, like, their initial deals, I think Miguel Rojas closed the gap a little bit more, especially with D. Gordon having that one strong year. But the years of Kiki Hernandez, the clutch moments that he brought, I mean, you have standout moments from Kiki that you think about. The tying home run in Game 7 of the NLCS, the three home runs uh, in the clinching game to go to the World Series in 2017. I mean, you have a lot more moments from Kike. Austin Barnes have been a solid backup for a while now, and even he has some moments, you know, getting that base hit to knock Blake Snow out of the game in Game 6 of the 2020 World Series uh, and things of that nature. And then Andrew Heaney ended up becoming a Dodger last year anyway, so kind of all worked out. 
So that's all for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Check out Lockdown Sports today with the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less with instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts, which is also where we're available if you search for Lockdown Dodgers on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.